Go to Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. And um, uh, as a reminder, um, uh, this is Camp Sunday. Um, and on Camp Sunday, we, we ask our, um, our more mature um, uh, experience. Yes, that's the word. Yes, our more experienced congregants. Uh, to help underwrite the, uh, you know, the cost of camp, um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, by um, and the teens registering today get a get a fifty fifty dollar uh, a thirty. Oh, okay, it used to be fifty. Oh, 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 okay. Okay, okay. So anyway, uh, we have what twelve young people signed up for camp. Um, so okay, so I don't know how I don't know how we have a half a kid going to camp, but <laughs> okay, okay, got it. So anyway, uh, Exodus chapter one. We we have. <clears throat> I started a series a few several weeks back, and I'm calling it the the Trail of Faith. And my my goal in this is to look at different pathways. Do you have that picture, Chris? That I didn't put it on my notes, but I, I think you have it in your things. Um, uh, it, it should be in the folder. I, I I didn't take it out of the folder. Anyway. Um, Yes, thank you. <clears throat> uh, and and as we have, or as I have thought and prayed over this series, you know, one of the things I wanted to do is 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 I wanted to try my best to make faith as real as possible, because I I have a you know for for a long time in my life faith was something out there that I was always trying to attain. But in the back of my mind, I always thought I would never get there. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and, um, you know, very similar to a carrot being dangled in front of a horse or a donkey or something, you know, constantly chasing this carrot, but never quite being able to, to get there. And I think sometimes in my life, I have experienced seasons where I feel like, you know, faith is this thing that's out there, but I, I don't know quite how to grab it and use it. So as I, as I have prayed and, and sought over the, 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 the different uh, lessons that within this idea of the trail of faith, I, I've, I'm trying to come at it from different perspectives, if, if that makes sense. Uh, the first one we talked about was the the the, the trail to Mount Ararat, and uh, and Noah and his and his journey to Mount Ararat, and then last week we finished the the uh, the the message that I I called the trail to Mount Moriah, and we we talked about uh, Abraham and his faith and the 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 unbelievable faith that it would take to be willing to sacrifice your son. Tonight I want to start a message that 
comes at our faith from a very different perspective. And and as I as I sat at my desk and I really thought about it and and, and tried to tried to put it into words, I, I I failed you in the ability to communicate what I'm what I'm trying to communicate. Does that make sense? Um this is the best that I could do, and I know it, this falls way short. The trail of trusting faith. Now, faith in itself is trusting, and I realize that it's redundant, but I didn't know how else to say it. And as I was sitting in my office, I was thinking about this this idea of faith and and the the avenue in which we are going to take tonight and and probably in the next week or two is learning how to really trust. Faith is again in itself is trusting. But let me let me explain it to you this way. I, I think I can explain what I'm trying to communicate. I think I can by asking you three questions. And and those of you that have been around for a while, these three questions are not going to be new. But <clears throat> I, I I ask myself these three questions periodically to 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 revisit this whole idea of faith in my life. The first question is this. Do I believe that God knows what's best for me? What is the answer to that? Yes. Okay, yes, it should be yes. The second question. Do I believe that God wants what's best for me? Absolutely. The third question, and this is where Many of us struggle. Do I believe God will do what is best for me? That's faith. See, again, I ask myself these three questions on a regular basis because I want to constantly remind myself that it is not that I have no problem acknowledging the fact that God knows what's best for me. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with admitting or acknowledging the fact that God wants what's best for me. I have no problem with that. Where I have a problem in my walk with Him is when He does what's best for me and it doesn't line up with what I think is best for me. Hello? That's the hard part. And there are seasons in our lives that we will go through and we will look at this season of life and think it makes no sense.
Have you ever asked yourself, in the midst of a trial or a struggle or a circumstance, have you ever asked yourself this question, what good can come out of this? Have you ever been there? I have. Many times. What good could what what good could come from this? That there in, in our in our finite minds we 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 see a circumstance, we see something, and we like that there is absolutely nothing good that can come from this. That is the exact situation that we find in Exodus chapter one. Exodus chapter 1. The title of my message tonight and and over the next couple nights is The Trail to the Palace. The Trail to the Palace. Let's start reading in Exodus chapter 1. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came to Egypt, every man and his house, uh, his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, uh, Issachar, Zebulun, uh, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loin of Jacob were uh, 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all the generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and, and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there rose up a new king in Egypt over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the children of Israel are more and mighty than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when there uh, uh, falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. So get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters, taskmasters, Uh, to afflict them with burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure uh, cities, uh, uh, Python, excuse me, and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And there were, and there, and they uh, were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter and hard bond- with, with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the fields. And their service therein, they made them serve with the rigor and the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrews, Hebrew midwives, of which the names, <clears throat> name of one was um, 
help me out. Shipra, and the other was Pura. Uh, uh, excuse me, that's not right. Anyway, Pua. Um, and he said, when you do the office of a midwife to he, uh, Hebrew women and see them upon the st- uh, stools, uh, it is to be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God. Praise the Lord for that. And did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men, children alive. And the king of Egypt called the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing and have sinned, or excuse me, and have saved uh, the men, uh, the men, child, uh, children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered uh, ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that He made them houses, and Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. A hopeless situation. This is a situation that we would, if we were alive then, we would look at that and think, there is absolutely nothing good that can come out of this. How could anything good come from this? But let me ask you a question. Do you believe God will do what is best for you? My hope in this message is to take a different perspective of this passage. I have always tended to focus on the life of Moses in this passage. But I want to look at it a little differently tonight. Instead of, instead of the, we could have, uh, I could have very easily uh, called this message the trail to the wilderness or the trail to the promised land or whatever, but the trail to the palace. See, in order for God to do those other things, Moses had to get to the palace. Look at chapter 2. Well, we see here in chapter 1 and verse 22, Pharaoh makes a decree that all baby boys are to be uh, murdered at birth. What an incredible decree. I can't even imagine saying something like that. Exodus chapter 2. 
And there went out, and there and there went a man of the house of Levi and took uh, to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him. Uh, excuse me. She took for him an ark of the uh, uh, bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in, in the flags by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down and washed herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said his sister, uh, then said his sister uh, to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse uh, the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee uh, thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Amram and Jochebed are Moses' parents. And Amram and Jochebed were blessed with a baby boy. This baby boy, is, as we know, is Moses. With love and courage, Jochebed places Moses in this small ark, basket, floating basket. And she takes it to the Nile River. I have a question for you. Do you think she just went to the river and thought, well, this looks like a good place. I'll just leave him here. Or do you think she had it all planned out? I believe, we don't, we don't know, but I believe she knew exactly where and when the princess would be at the river. And she places the the baby in the water. The princess of Egypt comes and sees the basket and says to one of her handmaids, go get the basket and let me see. And they open the basket. And she has compassion on this Hebrew child. 
She even, she even identifies him as being a Hebrew child. She had compassion. You know, I, it's not in my notes, but I just, it just dawned on me. You know, it's an amazing thing when the unsaved world is more compassionate than the saved world. Just saying. But it just happened <laughs> that Moses' sister was nearby and says, hey, I happen to know someone. <laughs> I know someone that can nurse this baby. And Miriam quickly runs and gets Jacobin. And the princess then turns around and pays Jacobin to raise her own child. Isn't that awesome? I think God just smiled at that. God protected Moses and provided for his mother to raise him and to train him. The main goal of my message here is that we must learn to trust God that He will do what is best for us. We don't always understand. I don't believe that <clears throat> Jacobet and, and, and uh, Amram stood there and, and she, she came home and told him everything that happened. And, I, and I, I don't think this conversation took place where Amram looked at Jacobet and said, see, I told you, that boy's going to lead us out of Egypt one day, and he's, he's going to grow up in the palace, then he's going to go on the backside of the desert for 40 years, and then God's going to bring him back. And then, you, you know, I don't think that conversation took place. What I do see a conversation taking place is, you know, honey, I don't know what God's going to do, but he's going to do something. I can see that conversation taking place. My wife and I have had those conversations. In our world today, the biblical family values are under attack. It's I read a I read a headline today I didn't have time to read the whole article but I did see an, uh, a headline and that, uh, the headline said that um, disdain for Christianity is becoming a common thing in our country attacks on Christians have doubled in the last year on churches and different things the principles, the godly principles that many of us have raised our children with and are raising our children with are under attack. Moses was born into a wicked, wicked world. The Jews had suffered for 400 years and were struggling 
if you listened at all while we read, they were under incredible oppression. And as I sat and I thought about it, I thought, you know, one of the greatest oppressions, I don't know how else to say it, that they experienced had to have been the killing of their baby boys. I, 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 as I sat in my chair and I, and I closed my eyes, I tried to envision the hundreds of thousands of mothers and fathers that were weeping and wailing as the Egyptian soldiers would come and murder their children. But yet God had a plan through it all. Jacobed is a hero, I think. Her her daughter, Moses' sister Miriam, brave young girl. There's a lot of things that we can learn from this lesson, and, and I hope to bring out many of them Uh, through the next couple weeks. But the first one I want to talk about is the protection. Point number one, protection. Verses one through five, we see that um, um, uh, Jochebed uh, very carefully constructs a little ark and makes it waterproof and then places him in in this basket and, and... I, again, I believe she she scoped out and she knew exactly where and when to place him in the river. I just believe that. What was... I, 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 again, I tried to... I tried to, to think about this and envision this and I, and I honestly, I kind of drew a blank... What do you think Jacobed's motive was in doing all this? Okay, I, I believe it was that simple. She just wanted to save the life of her child. Desperation. Desperation. I, I believe that. I, I don't. Again, I don't believe she had these grand ideas that. You know, God had come down and said, "Hey, this this boy Moses is going to lead your people out of Egypt." I don't believe that. She, just <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> she just had a plan to save his life. And I, I don't know. Again, this is just me. I think Miriam just kind of came up with that on her own. I don't know if they worked it out ahead of time or not. I don't know. But we know because we've read the end of the book that God had a much greater plan. And I can see in my mind's eye Miriam or uh, uh, Jochebed as she is placing this basket in the river asking herself, what good 
can come from this. I don't know if she did. I think because she's human, she had to at some point think that. But God had a plan. And that plan involved giving Moses a foundation that he could only get in the palace. In order for Moses to return to the palace some 40 years after he left the palace, he needed to be in the palace. That's why I named this message the trail to the palace. The sacrifice of Jacobet and Amram and Miriam. As we get a glimpse into Moses' childhood, we can see that God was already preparing Moses for something great. They had no clue, but we can see it because we know the end of the story. It is estimated, I, I did the best research I could, and, I, and I, I'm just telling you, this is the best research I could. Most theologians that I read said that Moses, by the time, Mer, uh, by the time Jochebed took him to the palace, Anybody have an idea how old he was? Okay? Okay? Most theologians that I read believe that he was between three and five years old. Yeah, he was weaned. And in that culture, <clears throat> it, was, it was a very long process. <clears throat> and, yeah, very simil similar to Samuel and, and him uh, going to the temple. So most theologians believe he was probably between three and five. I, I tend to think he was probably on the older side, uh, but I, I, you know we have no proof of that. Um, but he he was he was not just a baby like what we would consider a weaned baby in our culture today. I have another question for you. Do you think? that Amram and Jochebed did everything in their power to teach Moses everything that they could about God while they had him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I, as I, as I sat and I thought about this question, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 popped into my head. Uh, my son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, uh, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and, a, and chain about thy neck. And I can just see, I don't know, I'm, I'm speculating, but uh, excuse me, I can just see Jochebed and Amram and Miriam and wh whoever else, maybe he had more siblings, I don't know. Uh, Aaron, I think, came later. Um, but I could just see them sitting around the dinner table 
reading, reading the Word of God, taking, taking Moses, this soon-to-be prince of Egypt, to temple and learning from the priests, talking about God. I, I just see this going on in, in, the, in the life of this young boy. And I can see the influence uh, of this, these people later in Moses' life. My uh, under protection, I have I have two points. My first point is this: uh, protection from evil flu- evil influences. Obviously, Jochebed uh, hid Moses from the evil threat to his life. Uh, Hebrews chapter eleven, uh, verse twenty-three. But uh, uh, <clears throat> by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments so they hid him to protect him from the evil influences the evil threats that that to eliminate god's people what was what was pharaoh wanting to do okay he was wanting to eliminate the Jewish population. By doing that, by, by killing all the males, what eventually would happen? There would be no more children. So they were protecting him from the evil influences that were trying to take out the Jewish people. But as we know, God is going to use Moses in a great way. But in order for God to use Moses, Amram and Jochebed had to walk a very hard trail of faith. The trail to the palace. Can you imagine what it would have been like for Jochebed to walk Moses to the palace that day and say, here is your son. Can you imagine? I, I, I don't know, but I, 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 you know, I, I would think that it would be similar to what God asked Abraham to do with Isaac. Just saying. Had to have just... She probably just wanted to die. Question. Do you think any of them understood what God was doing? Absolutely not. There's no way they could have known. There's no way. But God is about to take them on a journey that is literally going to turn the world upside down and is still affecting people today.
because two people were willing to walk the trail to the palace. Faith. That's an incredible thing we call faith. What is it? Trusting. Trusting our Almighty Savior with the knowledge that He will do what is best for me. Do you think that if we were able to transport ourselves back in time and as, as, as Jacobet is making the, the journey uh, through the city on her way to the palace to give Moses over to her. And we were able to stop her and say, hey, Jacobet, I got a question for you. <clears throat> what good is going to come out of this? What do you think she'd have said? <laughs> I, I don't think she'd have said anything. I think she'd have been bawling her eyes out. I don't know. <laughs> 